huge stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. What's going on, Dodgers Nation? DMAC here. Welcome to the Dodgers Nation post-game show. Right after the Dodgers beat the Padres by a final score of 2-1, to one, they beat Sad Diego. Yes, I'm calling them Sad Diego for what they did to Clayton Kershaw last night. Why don't you put an L on that Jumbotron? Why don't you put a picture of Manny Machado crying on that Jumbotron? Because that was absolutely classless. They are lowlifes. They are not a first-class franchise. Look, would the Dodgers have done something like that to Tony Gwynn? Would the Dodgers have done something like that to Trevor Hoffman? Absolutely not. That was an absolute. I have to start right there because I am fired up because I think that was inexcusable. And I love the way that Kershaw handled it. He handled it like the future first bout Hall of Famer that he is, saying that if you don't want that, you have to pitch better. But show some class, sad Diego, doing that to an absolute legend. Hey, I hope that superstars around the league, they consider that when they consider signing with that San Diego Padres franchise. I thought that was absolutely classless from an organization that you wouldn't expect anything less from. Look, if you look at their trophy case, it is as empty as the toilet paper aisle at the beginning of COVID. It is absolutely empty. There are no World Series championships. Only World Series hats they have are somewhere in an African country because they sent them there because they didn't win the World Series. So I got to start right there. We're going to talk about this win tonight because I thought it was a fantastic outing by Dustin May who continues to just learn how to pitch, continues to say, hey, if I'm not getting the swing and miss, if I'm not out there just mowing guys down, I'm still able to have success. And he did just that. Gives up just three hits today, two infield singles, and then a single to Tatis late in the sixth inning. But all in all, he really battled. And the Dodgers offense, they weren't doing much. So I was very impressed with Dustin May, who gets the win. He improves to 4-1. and one. He ends up giving up no runs on three hits, had six punch outs, and one walk through 99 pitches. His punch outs, too, came in big spots. We're going to break down his entire outing. We're going to talk about this bullpen. I'm continuing to love what I'm seeing from from Caleb Ferguson. Fergie goes an inning, had a punch out. He was fantastic. Bruce Dark Gratterall gave up two big hits, but still got soft contact for days. He was able to get out of the inning with Fernando Tatis Jr. at third, representing the tying run. He gets that soft contact. The Dodgers get out of that inning. And then how about Evan Phillips? 
three punchies, strikes out the side to end the game to give the Dodgers the win. He picks up his fourth save of the season, and the Dodgers, they improved to 20-14 and 14 on the year, a half game up on the Arizona Diamondbacks. But what were your thoughts on Clayton Kershaw and... By the way, I see you right there, Alexander Z, Chris Taylor, Sados. Yeah, how about Chris Taylor? And we're going to break down that inning, too. But CT3, he gave the Dodgers all the offense tonight, supplied the power with that two-run shot. Will Smith, he draws the walk there in the fourth inning, and that broke up the perfect game that Blake Snell had. He was the Dodgers' first base runner of the game, and... Chris Taylor, give him a lot of credit. Hadn't had a lot of success against Blake Snell in his career. And he steps up there, a 1-0 pitch, changeup up in the zone. He hung a changeup, and CT3, he hits a dinger, 403 feet. That gave the Dodgers a 2-0 lead, and that's all they needed. So give the Dodgers pitching staff all the credit. Give Chris Taylor all the credit, too. Will Smith drawing that walk. And, yes, the interesting thing is the fact that the Dodgers, by the way, Chris Taylor, turned things around. That's his sixth home run of the season. In, getting close to the league average. So I'm starting to like what I'm seeing from CT3. So let's jump into the comment section. We're going to break everything down. But like I said, very upset at that Padres organization for showing Kershaw with the crying right there. Look, I just, look, to me, I think if you want to be, it, that's why you have the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Cardinals, the Cubs, the Red Sox. There's these first class organizations. Then there's that tier below. And the San Diego Padres, if you want to continue to ascend, you have to respect the legends of the game. To do that to Kershaw, I think that was absolute Bush League. So here we go. I'll stop harping on it. But if you guys want to drop your takes on that, let me know down below. Also, as always, I'm looking for that Dodgers Nation comment of the night. Now, if I see a comment of the night, it's presented by our friends over at Hornitos. If I see that, you're going to get one of these. You win. If you get me a fire take, a hot take, even if I don't agree with the take, you're going to see one of these. Fire take. If you say something a little out of pocket, a little sus, you're going to see one of these. Bruh. And those always make me laugh. And always, too, I'm looking for that Dodger dog of the game. Which Dodger had the most dog tonight? Dodger dog of the game. Let's jump in the comment section here. Also, if you're new to the channel, be sure to hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, and also smash that like button for your Los Angeles Dodgers who have tied this series at one game apiece. Definitely a postseason-like atmosphere. Definitely with some electricity. There's been a lot of great games this season. I mean, the walk-off off Kimbrell and the Phillies last week, earlier this week, was definitely up there. But as far as nail-biters, this is right up there at the top. But Dustin Media is Machado's daddy. That's from Daniel Reyes over on YouTube. That's a five. Fire take. It's a fire take right there. If I if I have to say so myself, yeah, Manny Machado. We know that when Dustin May back during 2020, when he had that mesmerizing strikeout where he was uh, when he was just absolutely dominant. He was engaging in pitchcraft there. So yeah, we you saw tonight Manny Machado up in some key situations. Dustin May, he definitely handled his business. So, yeah, we'll jump back in the comments here. Hi, Diane Schroeder. Great night. What up, BC? Fire Roberts better off without him. Danny Lehman. Yeah, I mean, what can you say about, uh, about, uh, about that for the Dodgers? The fact that Dave Roberts, of course, uh, attending his son's 
graduation. Danny Lehman, he fills in. He did a very nice job. I think Mark Pryor also stepped up as well. And I knew that was going to happen. I knew if the Dodgers won tonight and Dave Roberts wasn't the skipper, that a lot of you guys would be talking about Danny Lehman and saying fire Roberts. So I think really this just speaks to the fact that the, the managerial position of the Los Angeles Dodgers, it is a collaborative position. It is a position where a lot of people within the organization are responsible for the decisions that get made on the field. And you saw that on display tonight. But we got 626 in the house. Jonathan Robles over on Facebook. Yeah, let me know where you represent Dodgers Nation. Also, shout out to the Lake Show. Lakers getting it done. Absolutely boat racing the Golden State Warriors. So, hey, man, I'm loyal to the soil. I'm like Randy Newman. I love L.A. So, love when all the L.A. teams are doing well. So, great to see the Lake Show getting it done. Phillips is our closer. That's from Craig Osterberg. Yeah, Craig, until Daniel Hudson can return, I think there's no question about that. You feel comfortable with Fireman Phillips out there getting those final three outs, slamming the door shut, and I love the way he finished that inning. And now you talk about the closer's role. Now, if Daniel Hudson come back and look like the guy he did last year where he was striking out over 30% of the batters that he faced, had a walk rate around 5%, he was heading towards having a career year. If he looks like that guy, I'm comfortable with Daniel Hudson getting a lion's share of the saves, but Evan Phillips is a guy that can also get it done. Now, Phillips is the Dodgers' best reliever. Make no mistake about it. And with your best reliever, you want to have options. You want to be able to use him in high leverage situations, whether that be the 6th, 7th, or 8th inning, or even the ninth inning. You want him facing the top of the order. You want him facing hitters in big spots with runners aboard. So that's what you want Evan Phillips for. But I will say, to your point, I like the way he slammed the door shut. Because when you look at a closer, I like my closers that miss bats. Closers that can dominate hitters. And he strikes out the side. We know with Evan Phillips, use that sweeper. Use that cutter to break bats and get soft contact. But the way he ended this game, I thought it was very, very impressive. And, yeah, I mean, that is definitely what you want to see from Evan Phillips, going out there and just dominating the way he did. And, yeah, it was very, very impressive to see him have the the outing the appearance that he did. So, yeah, I'm fine with that. I mean, if he's the closer, if he's the closer until Daniel Hudson gets back, I'm totally cool with that. But, yeah, I just love the punch out that he got today. And he's just showing. I mean, he did walk Cronenworth and kind of just a little bit in during that at bat. He didn't have that sinker. He was missing arm side. And then he gets that cutter looking to give him one strike, make the count three and one. But, yeah, he loses him, losing arm side. And I did not love home plate. Um, definitely was squeezing Dustin May earlier. And then also Evan Phillips, too. But, I mean, before that, he gets Carpenter looking on a 3-2 count. And then the top of the zone cutter. And then with Kim, he goes up 0-2 in the count. Then he throws two balls. He goes 2-2. Two, two, he fouls off the fifth pitch. Then on the sixth pitch of the bat, he gets him swing on a sinker for the second out. And then Grisham up there on a 3-2 count. Four-seam fastball, top of the zone, touching almost 97 on the gun. He gets a pass him for the win. So that is how you want to see your closers close games. So, yeah, I definitely love Evan Phillips closing games at the moment. But here we go. We got higher Danny Lehman. 
Roman. That's from Boomer Assassin. Yeah, okay, so now we know if they ever move on from Dave Roberts, who will be their top candidate. Go Danny Lehman, because they are 1-0 in the Danny Lehman era. Padres never winning a World Series. That's from Paul Gutierrez. That is a fire take. Absolutely. We got D-May was nasty. That's from Diane Schroeder over on YouTube. Yeah, what I always say about Dustin May is his stuff is second to none. When it comes to pure, raw stuff, he is absolutely electric. For him, it's just a matter of just harnessing it and finding a way to pound the zone with strikes. I mean, he has had some issues with walks of late, had five walks in his last start against the Cardinals, four walks in his start against the Cubs before that. So that was very impressive to me to see him go out there and command the baseball a little better than we've seen him of late. And also give credit to this Dodgers organization for bringing up Gavin Stone and killing two birds with one stone where Gavin Stone makes his big league debut. We also reset this rotation. You also got Dustin made some extra rest who had just thrown 104 pitches in his last outing against the Redbirds, and that was a career high for him. So he definitely looked fresh out there, and that was apparent throughout his start. So that is definitely... One of the reasons why I think he was able to have so much success in a big game. And yeah, if you look at Dustin May, I mean, six punch outs in six innings of work. But to me, it was the soft contact. To me, it was his ability to just pound the zone, get soft contact and that was to me was most impressive about his outing. But yeah, let's talk about Dustin May a little bit. He starts he starts off the game bottom of the first inning. I mean, you got. I, I love what he got. So I love the at batting against Soto, where he falls behind three and zero in the count, and then gets him looking at a sinker for strike three, ninety nine miles per hour down and in. That was such a money pitch. So you saw him getting money pitches all night long. He rings up, he rings up Soto in that at bat, and bottom of the second. Bogarts, he reaches on that infield single. So he reaches on an infield single on a 2-2 count. It was a sinker, top of the zone. Not a lot of hard contact tonight, and that was another example. He reaches, and he gets Carpenter to ground into a fielder's choice to first. Bogart was out at second. And Freddie Freeman, we saw, he kind of let things bobble a little bit he wasn't able to field it cleanly kind of got the sun in his eyes so he'll be the first to tell you that he's got to make that play and then he gets Cronenworth to fly to left comes back from down 0-2-0 in the count then he gets Kim looking at strike three with a sinker top of the zone and I think that's something you saw from Dustin May today too changing eye levels working that sinker in all quadrants of the zone and also his ability to battle back on certain at-bats where he was falling behind in the count. And that, to me, shows his growth, too. It shows that, hey, he's not afraid to challenge hitters when he falls behind the count. He's still able to make pitches and execute pitches. And tonight, he goes 12 for 22 on first pitch strikes. Still was able to stay in the game, give him a quality outing and a chance to win in a tight one in which they did. So we'll continue to break down Dustin May's outing. But first question is... What is your grade for Dustin May tonight? Let me know down below. What are your thoughts on the Sad Dre's trolling the GOAT Clay and Kershaw? Here we go. Jonathan Robles, Doug Tatis Machado should got that sad phase today. Yeah, absolutely. D-Max, number one fan. Hey, appreciate you. Appreciate you. No parade in San Diego today. Only tears. That is absolutely a fire take. That is absolutely going to be our first Dodgers Nation comment of the night presented by our friends over at Hornitos. So Hornitos 
premium tequila, best tequila in the game. I'm going to take a shot for you right after the show, but please drink responsibly. We got Code Red on fire. That's from Deborah Young. Yeah, great start for Dustin May, and that is who they need to step up because if Dustin May pitches like an ace, we know what we're going to get from Julio Urias. We know Julio Urias, who when I was at the game for Gavin Stone's debut, I was up in the press box, and you saw someone running up and down the stairs and I'm like, that's Julio Urias. That's the Urias. And that said a lot to me about where he's at. It's about his mindset, about how committed he is to being that Urias. So once I saw that, I was like, okay, I'm not worried. Julio's going to be fine. He ends up having a really great start in his next appearance after his really nice start the other game where he had double-digit strikeouts and goes seven innings. So that's how you know he's going to be fine. So we know Julio's going to be great. We know Clayton Kershaw. He wins pitcher of the month. He's looking at as good as he's looked in years out there. Didn't have a great outing last night. Had some mistakes against Fernando Tatchitz. Maybe had a ringworm again. You never know. But anyways, then if Dustin May can stand up, though, if he can step up and be that guy, that number three starter, and just assume that role, it is going to go a long way in fortifying this rotation and giving them a starter that has that ability to give you that stuff, to pump 99, to pump 100. And I think, too, you're going to see him gain more confidence in his breaking balls and in his curveball in his secondary pitches to keep hitters off balance and tonight just three swings and misses but the location was better and he has so much natural movement so much spin he's going to get soft contact so he's definitely trending in the right direction he's definitely turned the corner in my opinion Deborah, over on YouTube we got Cesar glad Tatis did Homer to not see that stupid dance that's from Cesar yeah it's always good times right definitely good to avoid that we got Dodgers Lakers win that's from Edwin Dooning we got Michael Negretti over on YouTube Michael says dmac don't be upset about something you don't have control over okay interesting i don't are you talking about the kershaw sad face okay i mean that's a that's a good point it's a fair point uh but the reality is that i don't have control over anything sports related i mean i think it's funny when people say i'll say something oh you jinx that you jinx this hey look i wish i had that kind of power i would buy more lottery tickets i would make more sports bets i would you'd see me at sports books more often but unfortunately that's not the case so that's kind of the nature of sports in general you are going to be upset about things you don't have any control about that's just kind of the nature of being a fan or just working in this industry or whatever you want to call it uh dustin in the wind that's a ron fig over on youtube what's up ron i love this is from boomer assassin he was amazing that's a comment of the night presented by our friends over at hornitos definitely give you some hornitos please drink responsibly though Good stuff. Uh, we got LL Roberts not being there. Didn't make a difference. That's from BC. What's up, BC? Diane Truder Phillips was robbed by the home plate umpire in that Grisham at bat. Absolutely. I mean, I thought you saw some of the some of the pitches that clearly caught the plate that he was calling balls, uh, calling for balls against Dodgers pitchers. Uh, look, you look for consistency, and that is the most important thing, and I don't think it was consistent out there, but still give the Dodgers pitchers credit. They didn't wane. They didn't worry about it, and they still went out there, and they were still able to be effective. We're going to talk about Bruce Dar Gratterall here in just a second, because I think we need to shine some light on him as well. We got Fire Roberts from Paul Gutierrez. Of course, you're going to have a Fire Roberts comment here always, no matter what. We got Nando 
390. Dave Roberts going to fire Lehman now for job security. That's a fire take. Man, no, I mean, look, man, you're always bringing the fire takes. You're like Ted Williams, man. You're you're a 400 hitter, bro. Uh, hire Danny, fire, fire Julia Roberts. That's for Boomer Assassin. Yeah, the Saturday show is getting kind of loose out there. Uh, CT3 is Blake Snell's new daddy. That's from Deborah Young. Why wow, you guys are feeling it. Lakers, baby. That's from Rafi Rodriguez. We got Juice Narrows. If Roberts was there, he would have taken May out in the fifth inning, scratching my head. Look, I don't believe that. I think with Dustin May, it's a concerted effort within the organization to have him go deeper into games. And I think when you consider that he wasn't having any high-stress innings, like I said, he allowed just three hits, two of them infield singles. I don't think he was going to be removed from that game, even if it was Dave Roberts. Fred M. over by Juice. You know I love you, my man. Uh, Fred M. over on YouTube had Roberts been managing. He would have pulled carrots up after five, and who knows what he would do with the bullpen late in that game. That's from Fred M. over on YouTube. Yeah, hey, we'll see if Roberts comes back and makes a bad decision tomorrow. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. You guys now have your guy in Danny Lehman. We got to Dylan Hare. Hey, DMAC, 323 here. Lakers and Dodgers win. Hashtag I love LA. May was fantastic. He absolutely was. Jose Herrero, shout out from Seattle. What's up, Jose? Boomer Assassin, everybody. Have Roberts go to their kids' graduation. Yeah, man. Maybe we need Dave Roberts to join the the all-star paternity club have some more kids throughout the year. So he'll miss some more time and give Danny Lehman some opportunities. Uh, that's kind of the, the vibe I'm getting from you guys out there. Hudson, the eighth Phillips, the close dash from Maddie man, Dodge five. Look, I talked about that earlier and I, I made it clear. I do still like the idea of having Dustin, uh, having Evan Phillips as your setup guy, as your best high leverage reliever, and then you can deploy you can deploy him when you need him, and that's what's important. That's when you have a guy like that, they can get you out of high stress situations and make things easier on you. I think you got to f- keep him in that role, but also think there is a value in a closer. I think what they should do, and I've been saying this for quite some time, is, hey, Liam Hendricks is out there. If he gets traded, that $15 million club option immediately goes immediately goes into effect, and I would not be mad about adding Liam Hendricks because I think, one, he's a lights-out closer. He has lights-out stuff. He can dominate hitters. Also, he brings that fire and that intensity, and I think the bullpen could definitely use that. So, yeah, I think I like that idea. And then you can use Evan Phillips as your high-leverage guy, and if Daniel Hudson comes back and he doesn't look like the guy he was last year, then – You'll have another dude that you can go to war with. Uh, Deborah Young, I was biting my nails inning nine. Yeah, the ninth inning was definitely high stress. Michael Carrillo, Trace ain't it. He can't field or DFA him. Yeah, I think it's really, really starting to get very, very towards the end of the Trace Thompson experiment. I mean, he hasn't had a hit since... 
April 17th against the Mets. Tonight, he struggled once again. He struggled defensively, let that ball get by him. And I think now you're starting to see, is it impacting his defense? Because now he goes 0 for 3, had one strikeout. But... Yeah, I think that is is kind of that is definitely. I mean, it does go to an error. It does. It wasn't. Didn't go as an error, but still, I think. Yeah, I mean, look, Trace Thompson is just. It just boils down to the fact that he just can't catch up to big league fastballs, especially up in the zone. Lefties, he struggles. I talked to Dave Roberts about this. It's an angle thing. Lefties are crowding him, and that swing is so long that he's just not able to get the balls, especially on the inner half. And that swing, like I said, it's longer than a CVS receipt. It's just going to be tough for him. So, yeah, look, it's just it's tough. It was a great story last season, and I hope he turns it around. I hope that it's not it for his big league career. But right now, if you're being completely honest, he just does not look like a big league hitter at the plate. And it's just unfortunate after the year he had last year. We were talking about a guy, 142 OPS plus, 13 home runs. He was the story of the year. He was punishing mistakes, but now he's not punishing mistakes. Two, they're scouting him a little better. They're targeting his problem areas, especially up in the zone. He's not getting those cookies down Broadway like we saw last season. And unfortunately, that is what happens in big league baseball. In the major league level, once you start to have success, then the real work begins because scouts, they will find your way weaknesses they will find ways to get you out and we're seeing that with trace thompson and yeah no one wants to see that happen but it's just gonna and it's inevitable at this point i mean he's not going to be on this team very long if he doesn't turn things around we got fire roberts from jason diamond over on youtube neil over on youtube dodgers still not hitting with risk 0 for 11 in this series so far yeah last night they go 0 for 7 tonight they didn't have very many opportunities i mean they go oh just 0 for 4 tonight but they did have five walks they weren't able to cash in on those walks and the inning I look at is the bottom of the eighth inning where they didn't get anything going they had an opportunity to add some much needed insurance runs and they didn't plate a run and they got two hits so Trace Thompson the aforementioned Trace Thompson a two a two two count he goes down swinging four seam fastball right down the middle so I mean not even high velocity we're talking about a 93 mile per hour fastball but you saw the sweeper on the previous pitch in the same location that set up the fastball so yeah he's just not seeing it well he's not judging breaking stuff and that goes for for the first out against Honeywell there in the top of the eighth. And the next man up, next man up, Miguel Rojas, really nice at bat. I mean, he falls down 0-2 in the count, and then he takes a couple balls. He fouls one off, and then on the 2-2 count, he hits a changeup. It goes as an infield single, goes right around the dirt there in left field, in right field, and he reaches, giving the Dodgers a runner on first with one out, and Mookie bets at the plate. Mookie... 0-2 count. He flies out on a screwball. By the way, I did an interview with Eric Sherman, who just wrote a fantastic book, Daybreak at Chavez Ravine, about Fernando Valenzuela and the screwball. And, yeah, it was interesting to see a screwball, and I love the history that Joe Davis gave it, that he learned it from Mike Marshall, who was a Cy Young Award winner with the Los Angeles Dodgers. So, anyways, Betts, he flies out there on that screwball for the second out, and then next man up, Freddie Freeman, he singles to right. That gives the Dodgers runners on first and second with two outs, and the next man up, Will Smith, he draws a walk on the seventh pitch of the at-bat. That loads the bases for Chris Taylor and CT3 first pitch. 
four-seam fastball, outer half, he flies to center to end the inning. So the Dodgers, they get a walk that inning, they get two hits, and weren't able to add some much-needed insurance runs. But thankfully, bottom of the eighth, Bruce Dar Gratterall, he finds a way to get out of that inning with just allowing one run. And it was very critical because the tying run there was on third base. So Bruce Dar Gratterall, he's into pitch. First batter he faces, Sullivan. Sullivan doubles to left on the first pitch. A sinker kind of left it a little middle there. Not a great location for Bruce Dar. And that's the pitch you're talking about. And yeah, it goes to left. Traces in left. Next batter, one two count to Fernando Tatis Jr. He doubles to left. That scores Sullivan to give the Padres their first run of the night to make the score two to one. And Tatis Jr. has been an, on an absolute tear this series. Had two home runs yesterday, had a single, had a double. Double the RBI tonight, so they have a they're having a very tough time getting Fernando Tatis Jr. out. I don't know if he's got that ringworm juice again or something, but he is absolutely killing it against his Dodgers pitching staff. So they have to find a way to get him out. I'm thinking almost pitching around him, just not giving him stuff to hit because that at bat right there kind of hung a slider. They're lucky that he didn't hit that one out because we saw the success he had yesterday against Clayton Kershaw. The next man up, Manny Machado. Well, he this is a great at bat. It was 0-2 to Manny Machado. He, he fouls off the first pitch for strike one. Fouls off the second pitch sinker, bottom of the zone for strike two. Third pitch, he fouls it off another sinker, all 98 miles per hour and up. And then on the fourth pitch, he misses with the slider away, low and away, tries to get him to chase. And then on the fifth pitch of the at bat, he gets him to ground out to third. Very soft contact. You thought Tatis was going to be running on contact. He doesn't. And they get the out at first. He might have gotten him out at home plate. They might have gotten Tatis at the plate, but still, that stage of the game, you thought maybe they would possibly go for it, but they didn't. And look, you got Juan Soto at the plate. You probably like your chances with that, but next batter, Juan Soto, 1-0 count. He gets him to ground out right back to second for the second out and yeah just a really nice pitch right there a cutter in on his hands Soto he swings at it soft contact and that's exactly what you want to do with Soto you want to avoid the heart of the plate you want to get something in on his hands and when you have something like the cutter that he threw it's going to be an effective pitch and then next batter we're up with the runner on third their 11 year 280 million dollar man Xander Humphrey Bogarts here's looking at you kid on a one-two count, he gets him to ground out right back to the pitcher. Another sinker, some more soft contact. So, Bruzdar, the bazooka, he escapes that inning, just allowing one run on two hits. So, yeah, I thought that was big. To me, that was the key inning right there. I mean, if they even tie it, I think the pressure is going to be on the Dodgers, that crowd, which was a much more Dodgers-centric crowd today. Shout out to all the Dodger fans that made it out. I think tonight, though, a lot of Padres fans, too, if they take the lead or at least tie it, you're going to hear the beat L.A. chants, and I think the pressure is going to be on the Dodgers. But I think that's why I'm giving Bruce Dog Gratterall my Dodger dog of the night. Dodger dog of the game. So who's your Dodger dog of the game? You go Chris Taylor, you go for Evan Phillips, you go for Dustin May. But we're going to get back into the comment section. Here we go. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring up, bring up. 
FM Home. We got we got that missed throw at first was uncharacteristic for Freddie. Yeah, Deborah Young, Deborah Young. It was uncharacteristic. I mean, you really don't have to worry about it either. It's Freddie Freeman. He's not going to he's not going to miss plays like that in the future. I think the sun too was a factor. He won't admit, he wouldn't admit that, but I think too, the sun, the shadows was a little bit of a factor there, but here we go. We got a plus for Dustin May from Michael over on YouTube. We got a for Paul from Paul Gutierrez. We got a plus plus from Sonny S. We got Danny Lehman gets an a Roberts gets an F grade. Wow. You guys are really using this to just slam Dave Roberts. Like I kind of feared that you would, but Hey, it's your show. I'm just hosting it guys. You guys can bring your fire takes. We got to A plus after Edwin Dooney. We got A plus infinity for Dustin May. Yeah, we're going to talk about some other key at bats from him today in just a minute. Then we got A plus from Robert Prado. We got Dustin gets a B plus from Camille over on YouTube. We got can't wait to replace Rojas with Tim Anderson. That's from Michael Bilgen. We got when will Bueller return? That's from Myria Jones over on YouTube. Yeah, Bueller, you're looking at at some point. I mean, look, mid-August, a little past mid-August, August 23rd is when he had his surgery. That's the 12-month mark. And for Tommy John surgery, you're looking at anywhere from 12 to 16 months. So at best, you're probably looking at September, October. It is is Walker Buehler, so I wouldn't put anything by him. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with Walker Buehler, but I still think it's going to be – you don't want to rely on that. You don't want to rely on Walker Buehler returning because you just truly never know. But I do think he's a warrior, and I think if he is going to return, it's going to be more on – it's going to be something where it'll be a – a role where he'll either be an opener, he'll be a multi-inning reliever, but he, the idea of him coming back and having a massive impact as a starter, look, I think that is just a stretch. You just don't want to rely on it. If it happens, that'd be fantastic. I mean, we've seen some pretty miraculous recoveries, but still, you just don't want to bank on that. But hey, he is feeling better. He's close to throwing from a mound. He's not that far off it. He was throwing 88 miles per hour on flat ground. I saw him throwing... Um, a couple Saturdays ago at Dodger Stadium before the game. So, yeah, if anyone can do it, it is Walker Buehler. That's for sure. We got Trey's has to go, unfortunately. Love the dude, but he rakes against right-handed pitching. But Robert stays lining him up against left-handed pitching. Sets him up for failure due to analytics. That's from Matthew Martinez. So, yeah, my response to that is he has these reverse splits, but the reality is they don't. They need someone to have success against left-handed pitching. The Dodgers are towards the bottom against lefties and throughout his career that is what he has been able to provide that is supposed to be a strong suit for him and yeah he does have some success against righties but look the Dodgers they have a lot of lefties okay you got Jason Hayward who's hitting the ball hard and starting to see the results you have David Peralta you have other guys in this lineup that can have success against righties that are going to be playing in those situations if they're going to go the platoon route so really if you can't if you can't have success doing what they I expected you to do there's really no place for him so yeah unfortunately and i talked to i talked to trace thompson about this during spring training and he told me hey i know i can hit lefties it's just about seeing the results but he also said that hey he has to perform he has to produce and that's just the reality when it comes to being a los angeles dodger that hey i mean they're not just going to have you on here for no reason but uh here we go we got d max super chat uh did you do a super chat uh just do if you did if you did i will go back 
back and read it. I'm just trying to pull something up right now. We got Rowdy Telez in Dodger Blue. We got uh, Justin. We got the Trey's bats like he's wearing a Manta sleep mask. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I cannot believe you just said that, Boomer Sanson. You're assassin. You're going to get one of these. Bruh. You're going to get one of these. But also, I like that you brought that up. I like that you did bring up the Manta mask because I don't know about you guys, but I've been sleeping like a baby lately. I've been taking great naps because the Manta mask definitely is an absolute deal breaker for me. And that's going to go as my Manta mask comment of the game here. Second. Oh, for some reason, not playing. Uh, one second, here, guys. Oh, let's go back to the comment section. LMAO. Maybe Thompson should hit left-handed. Can't do any worse. That's from Craig Osterberg. We got D-Max, number one fan. Trace looking. Lots at the plate. He's in his own head. Yeah, I definitely think there is something to that. I think you, you have to consider that as well, for sure. But, yeah, speaking of Manta Mask, Manta Mask is one of the best products in the game when it comes to sleep. Manta Sleep, they make the world's best sleep masks and sleep accessories. Everything they do is to enable better lives through better sleep. They work relentlessly to improve and optimize sleep so that you can have the energy to live your best life. Check out mantasleep.com today so you can sleep better anywhere, anytime. And get your Manta mask today. Use the code DN2023. So yeah, guys, DN2023 is the code. If you want to pick up a Manta mask you know i'd appreciate that they're definitely the best sleeping mask in the game right now so yeah your dodgers they get the dub and yeah we'll see what happens tomorrow because it's a sunday game julio arias is on the mound very excited about Sunday, you got Joe Musgrove on the mound it should be a good one but yeah let's keep breaking down this game because i think Really, this Dodgers offense, they didn't do very much. They had some opportunities. We broke those down. But also, really, to me, Dustin May is the player of the game because he was going toe-to-toe -to -toe with Blake Snell, who had a perfect game before Will Smith drew that walk, and then Chris Taylor hit the two-run home run. But I was very impressed with Dustin May and the way he was able to just find a way to get out of innings. And it wasn't always through punch outs. It wasn't always through missing bats. But I love the called strikes three, the called strikes threes that he was getting. And taking to that bottom of the third inning, he was just coming back on hitters all night. I mean, he falls behind 2-0 in the count against Grisham, and then he gets a cutter for strike one. Then he fouls off a cutter for strike two to make it the count two and two. And then on the fifth pitch, he throws a ball. And on the 3-2 count, he gets him looking at a cutter uh, high and away for strike three. So he did a great job working the outer half up in the zone for the first out of that bottom of the third inning. And he gets Sullivan to fly out to right. And then Tatis Jr., he reaches on that infield single. And then Manny Machado, he grounds to second. So another example, he's down the count two to one to Manny Machado, and he gets him to ground out on that cutter. So a great job there. Gives that one hit. Then you jump to bottom of the fourth inning, a one, two, three inning for Dustin May. He gets Juan Soto to ground to first. I thought he did a really nice job using the changeup in that at bat. He goes up one and two in the count. Then on the fourth pitch, throws that changeup down and in. He misses. Then on the fifth pitch, he goes the opposite side of the plate and goes with that changeup, and he gets the soft contact, and he gets him to ground out. The next batter, Xander Bogart's first pitch, sinker, up in the zone, he induces some more soft contact. Then next batter with two outs, Matt Carpenter, a.k.a. Freddie Mercury, 
3-2 pitch. He gets him looking at a cutter up and in for strike three. So, yeah, really nice job getting those strikeouts when he needed to, getting hitters to look at strike three. That's very impressive. That's how you know your stuff has movement. That's how you know your stuff moves more than a military family. When you have hitters mixed up, when you have hitters off balance, is when they're looking at strike three, and that is what you saw. Yes, of course, you want the swing and miss. You want to miss bats. That absolutely plays up, but there's also a lot of value when you're getting hitters to look at strike three. You're getting guys rung up, and that really tells you a lot about his growth. Then you jump to the bottom of the fifth inning. He walks Cronenworth, so a leadoff walk there. He's up one and two in the count, and he misses with that four-seam fastball up in the zone, misses with the cutter high and away, and then he misses with a four-seam fastball high and away. So was struggling with some glove side, some arm side command during that at-bat, loses him, issues that leadoff walk on six pitches. And then next batter, Hassan Kim, first pitch sinker, middle of the zone, Soft contact, gets him to fly out. And then with one out, Trent Grisham at the plate, 2-2 count, gets him to fly out, forcing fastball, middle of the zone. And then next batter, Sullivan, a little bit of a battle there on the eighth pitch of the at-bat. He gets him as a strikeout on the nasty curveball. So, yeah, that's what you want from Dustin May, finishing off not just hitters but innings with big strikeouts. And that, to me, was one of his more impressive pitches of the evening, getting Sullivan to swing and miss there. And then... And sixth inning, he comes back going up against Tatis Jr. 0-1 count. He singles a sinker away. Nice piece of hitting right there by Fernando Tatis Jr. Wasn't necessarily rocket contact, but still a really nice piece of hitting from him. And also, though, you're avoiding his nitro zone. You're avoiding the inner half where he can really beat you and hit the long ball and go deep. So, hey, I'd rather give up a single to Fernando Tatis Jr. than a home run. And the next batter, his son, Manny Machado, this was a dominant at-bat. I mean, he attacks him with the curveball up in the zone. He fouls it off. Second pitch, sinker down in the zone. He gets him to foul it off. Third pitch, he fouls off a four-seam fastball up in the zone. And on the 0-2 pitch, he throws a curveball down and away. Gets him swinging and missing for the second out. A money pitch, a filthy pitch right there by Dustin May. And then Juan Soto, next batter, 1-1 pitch. He gets him to ground into a fielder's choice. He used that cutter, inner half. That's how they're attacking him this series. Cutter, inner half if you can and try to get him to miss the barrel and get you some soft contact and then Xander Bogarts he falls behind the count three and one gets him to foul off that sinker and then on the sixth pitch of the at-bat he gets him to ground out so yeah he was able to get out of jams get out of innings and really made it look easy tonight against his Padres lineup that has been really picking it up of late. Since Tatis has returned, they're averaging over five runs per game. So, yeah, guys, your Dodgers, they get it done. The Padres, the Sadres, I'm calling them the Sadres. I'm calling them the Sadres for what they did to Clay and Kershaw. I had my rant earlier, so I'll save you from that, but a couple more takes here, and we will be out. And if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to the Dodgers Nation YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. And also, smash that like button. We will be back tomorrow. We got Sunday Night Baseball. And I just want to say, Buster Olney. Buster Olney, one of my favorites. He's the second person I ever followed on Twitter. First person I ever followed was not even a person. It was the teams of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Second was Buster Olney, and we have an interview dropping with from him tomorrow. I interviewed him yesterday, and he was dropping some golden nuggets about 
the future of Shohei Otani, about the possibility of doing a trade with the White Sox, about this Dodgers and Padres budding rivalry. You won't want to miss that. I'm going to drop that at some point in the morning, and we'll be back for the postgame show later in the day. So be on the lookout for that. we got a couple more comments here. I'm going to let you enjoy the rest of your Saturday night. And let's jump back into it, guys. But the Dodgers get the dub, a nail-biter against the San Diego Padres tonight. We got... We got uh, Clint out on the Cinco de Drinko weekend bender. Nando 390, yeah, Clint definitely is partying up. There's no question about that. But you know how my man Clint gets down. We got... uh we got uh, drinking Hornito shots, yeah, for sure. But we got uh, Padres fans are just a no. That's from Juan Martinez. We got Justin Lamas lost six games in a row and play them next. Milwaukee lost six games in a row. We play them next. Continue to look to form. Burns and Adamas will become available. It's possible. It's definitely possible. Burns has gone off to a slow start. Willie Adamas is a guy that can help a lot of teams. There would be a nice market for him if he were to become available. He's really continuing on the success that he had last season. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Dodgers Nation Post Game Show. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. For all things Dodger baseball, be sure to hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell. If you really want to support the channel, smash that like button. Remember, nothing brings us together quite like Dodger baseball. And until next time, think blue, bleed blue, and I'm out. stadium their silence is deafening 136 israelis are still being held hostage by hamas bring them home home. 